everyone, Frank and Darren back again, the Slaughterland Movie Podcast, with the things you didn't know about the Halloween franchise. This time, Halloween 666, the origin of Michael Myers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's Halloween 6, the curse of Michael Myers, the theatrical cut. Wait a Is minute. It? The producer's cut. We don't know which cut. <laughs> Is it actually... Because. I get confused about this because is it actually Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, or is it just Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers? Does that just depend on which country you're in as to what it's called? I guess it does. I guess which poster you're looking at. Hmm. But if you're looking at a a certain poster, I think in Italy, a little tiny woman is going through the eyes of Michael's mask, dead. With her boobs out. With her boobs out. (laughs) Boobs. But let's talk about this. Darren, this is probably one that we were taking. We're all taking this from um, those of you who don't know. uh, We're all taking this from Taking Shape, Mm -hmm. uh, a heavy, heavy, heavy book about the Halloween franchise, the the misses, the the cuts, the the deleted scenes, all that fun stuff. Who was going to be involved? Um, I think this is one of the biggest sections. It is. It's quite chunky, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's a lot to... um, I mean, there's a lot of... We probably aren't going to go too much into the differences between the producers and the and the theatrical cuts no, we've kind no, of talked the, about the movies are out there it's more of the kind of process that they went through to get to where they are and you know the false starts and uh some of that cool stuff and the, the arguments that were going on between the filmmakers they hated each other oh again my god <laughs> well, let's, well let's well let's backtrack because they were going to make halloween six either the halloween five made piss at the box office. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, we have to make it. We have to make this sal- salvageable. We have no idea what we're doing for the men in black, and we have to sort it all out. But mm-hmm. first, but first, Aaron, we have an argument between Akkad and Carpenter, don't we? Oh, yeah. Rights. Oh. Who, who owns this damn thing? <laughs> it's interesting that the book says that there was an issue with rights. Now, either... You've got the rights, or you haven't. I'm not quite sure what the deal was there, unless it's a kind of complicated thing, like the Victor Miller, Sean S. Cunningham stuff. But basically, a card had a serious problem with the rights and entered into a bidding war with with Carpenter to to um, not not with Carpenter, but against Carpenter to 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 retain the rights. And a card was backed by the Weinstein's, and Carpenter had. Bob Shea from New Line with him. You know, they both had distributors with them. Um, and this is kind of odd thing. Now, I don't know how true this is because weirdly I've heard this on a number of occasions that Carpenter's pitch, the original pitch for Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers was to have Michael Myers blasted into space. <laughs> Which they do pick, take the piss out of in the movie. They do. Now, some report this as fact, and others seem to play it off as it was a bit of a joke from John Carpenter. But anyway, they put in sealed bids, and Miramax won. Um, and as you say, a card kind of poked fun at Carpenter during, in the producer's cut, I believe, of, of Halloween 6. Um, when the, the... What's his name? Uh, the DJ. What did Barry they call Sims, him? yeah. Barry Sims. Um, he... Um, talks about Michael Myers being blasted into space on, at, at one point on the producer's cut. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Could you, would, you, would, it, would he be 
in a you think in the International Space Station, or do you think no they would idea. put him in a astronaut uh, outfit and he'd be on the moon and he'd be slowly jumping back and forth? Could you imagine that chase? (laughs) (laughs) Slowly bouncing around (laughs) after Russian cosmonauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Zod and and Superman 2. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what all that was about. His head explodes when he takes his helmet off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so so as we know, uh, Akkad won with the backing of the Weinsteins. Mm -hmm. And um, so... What did uh, Mustafa Akkad decide to go to uh, to be his, you know, let's let's just say his blueprint for this movie? He decided to go to a big Halloween fan. You know, he went he went actually to his Halloween Bible, as they call it, and that was uh, Daniel Farad. So Akkad sees Daniel Farad's and he put pitches to him. He doesn't give him the gig. He keeps the Bible that um, that Farad's is. is created over the years all these kind of scrap it's like a scrapbook isn't it of of different lineages and and family trees and and theories and all that kind of stuff and he doesn't return it he keeps it now whether farans gave it to him as, as a gift i don't know but the pi- <laughs> yeah the pitch it wasn't successful he'd hired a guy called phil rosenberg um, to turn in a script, which was due to start production in November '93, and this would see the return of Tommy Doyle and and a, and a kind of homeless version of Myers, um, which is kind of I guess he was homeless anyway. Uh, but Loomis was a resident of Smith's Grove, um, having suffered a stroke at the end of Halloween Five. Apparently, what happened then was that. Um, the Weinsteins suggested that Tarantino and his partner Lawrence Bender exec produce the movie, and they wanted to bring in Scott Spiegel, um, who was, the, as you said, the writer on Evil Dead Two, and also the director of um, the thing in the supermarket, the shopping, the the Intruder. Mm. <laughs> I forgot what the title was there. The intru- Have you seen the Intruder? Good, it's a good movie. Oh, it's a great fun film. Um, so he was he he picked up Rosenberg's script and said it was absolutely unsalvageable and just left left the project completely. Um, so they were really stuck. So then he went back to Daniel Farrens and brought him in. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that I would like to have seen. I mean, first of all, Daniel was involved and said the only way we can explain Michael is is through black magic. You know, he researched. He tried to help uh, Halloween Five out. Um, by you know, he saw the the, the um, curse of the thorn. You know the runes. He invest. He back in ninety five, ninety four, ninety three. He went to the library, looked all that stuff up before there was the even even dial up internet. <laughs> um, and he put in his research. He the guy did amazing amount of work trying to save the series and franchise that he so loved. And he even tried to get the town involved, which would have been funny. Wouldn't that have been like a Halloween uh, three season uh, of the witch kind of movie? The whole town's involved and the whole town uh, knows about it. And it's funny because uh, Halloween three was supposed to be playing in the background a lot of TVs during this movie. Even John Stroh looking at the TV saying, what is this shit? <laughs> Turns it off. I mean, but there, what do you think? What do you think about a town, a whole town being involved with the, with the, uh, the cult of the thorn? Yeah, I mean, some of them were anyway, weren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. Mrs. Blank. I wonder if he thought of Mrs. Blankenship as the kind of the old lady knitting in Halloween 3. 
Oh, <laughs> the, what was it? The German uh, robot that he has. Was it German? Yeah, from like 1870 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he had all sorts of ideas, didn't he? And and I've since watched a lot of his interviews on YouTube afterwards, and that kind of love for it is still there. But the but the truth is that the original pitch that he did really didn't um, come to fruition. It it was he did ten rewrites or round about ten rewrites on this mm -hmm. because everybody kind of had an idea. So you had the warring camps of of Miramax and and the Accards. Uh, and they just couldn't settle on anything at all. Everybody wanted a slice of this. And it's really sad, isn't it, that, that you know, at the end of the day, they were just overcomplicating and overthinking this whole thing. Um, I don't think making a Halloween movie is the, is the... It's not rocket science a lot of the time, but they just over-egg these things and make it a hell of a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Um, and so, yeah, so it just went off in all directions. And the end result is that we had uh, a test screening in, was it? Uh, New York. In New York in the spring of 95, just after Donald Pleasance, I think, had died. And the results were really poor. This would have been the producer's cut. Mm -hmm. And they were concerned that the demographic of the, the audience and the, the test screening, as you said, teenage boys kind of, ruined the scores i mean i mean so we we got that we we have to go back they have to change some stuff i mean i've always said that the, the between the two movies they're both equally okay but the opening for the producer's cut is the way you should have went and then the theatrical ending is the way you should have ended it hmm. that would have been better i mean first of all a lot of people are complaining that you know uh you know tommy's playing with magical acorns and you know he says Sam Hain, which basically is the wrong way of saying it. You're supposed to say Sawin. Sawin, yeah. <laughs> He's saying it wrong. Um, but you well, know, so that did Loomis. Loomis said it. It's a Celtic word. Yeah. The Lord of the Dead. Sam Hain. It means the Lord of the Dead. Where's my drink? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's talk about the stuff that was going to be in here. Um, you know, Barry Sims was supposed to be stuffed into a uh, pumpkin pinata, uh, <laughs> and the kids were going to be hitting it. And could you imagine him falling out? Yeah, and getting blood all over those kids. That'd have been great seeing that because the Weinstein's whole thing was that after that screen testing, they wanted more gore and more blood, which Halloween is really not known for. Mm. Um, it's very subtle. You know, if there's blood, there's there's a little blood on Michael's you know blade and on the victim. Yeah, that's about yeah. it. The most blood we ever saw up to this point, I think, was in part two, probably, uh, with uh, Nurse Alvis uh, yeah. being yeah. drained on the floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was probably the most blood we ever saw. Um, but yeah, it's, I would love to see Barry stuffed in a, a pinata. I would also have loved <laughs> Michael visiting his invalid mother. I know they had all sorts of mad ideas, didn't they? And there were lots of producers' notes as well about, you know, leaning heavily into kind of sympathy for Michael in some parts as well. And it was like, what, what, what are you doing? You know, trying to bring some emotion in there. And this is a franchise that we don't need that with Michael. <laughs> no, there's no tender moments here. Not like no, The Exorcist. <laughs> We don't need his character expanding at all. I don't know what it is with people that are trying to make him feel more interesting. He's more interesting the less we know of him. 
And it was just... <sighs> Could you have liked to see Michael, you know, just sitting in a chair, visiting his mother, just sitting there looking and just grabbing a Werther's? Yeah. And just putting it through the mask. Exactly. And just, and just it. What have you had for your lunch? <laughs> and then he, no, they just speak in silence. He's just sitting there. And then all of a sudden you hear the crunch from him chewing <laughs> the wor- Werther's. And then he just gets up and... You know, puts the puts a blanket over her uh, over her knees and pats her on their head and just walks off, killing the nurses down the hallway. <laughs> we can make something like that would have been funny to make fun of, right? Him visiting his mother. I would like to also have the scene because you were you're talking about Loomis going crazy. Now he's a resident at Smith's Grove. <laughs> Michael breaking Loomis out. Yeah, gets him on a leash with his Trent with his with his with a straight jacket on. And, it, and Michael's holding Loomis, barking at people, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael pulling it back. <laughs> Ew, Loomis. <laughs> down, boy, down. Kind of like uh, in High Anxiety. You remember the the the, doc, the uh, architect that was the dog? You know, just down, down. <laughs> Brisbane. Oh man, would you? I would like to have seen that. Um, you know, well, it like smuggling gin in a cake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just putting it through. It's a superpower, right? He just drinks it and he busts, he bends the bars like Michael. He was supposed to do it, part five, bending the bars. I would love to see that. Loomis on a chain in a straitjacket. <laughs> I'm sure Donald Pleasance has done a film where he's on a chain before. I seem oh, to remember a picture of chain. him on a chain. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't uh, care. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the, you know, but we also have uh, Jamie. You know, everyone says Jamie was done wrong and Daniel Harris, you know, refused to come back, hmm. uh, which I think she regrets. Uh, but she was going to sacrifice herself to save her son hmm. and Tommy and Kara. Uh, which would have been a nice way of her going out. Certainly more than getting, well, if you talk about the producer's cut, getting shot in the head while she's sleeping in the in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, even the theatrical cut, her death in that film, at least in the producer's cut, she survives for a little while. And in the theatrical cut, that, that scene where she's put onto that, what is it, like a soil dredger or something like that? Some kind of farm equipment of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that in my Chewing her like, up, what yeah. a undignified way for a kind of, a, you know, a horror '80s horror icon to go out. It was, you know, it was really sad that the way that they handled her character, and uh, you know, it's really sad the way George P. Wilbur handled her as well. Oh, you want to get into that <laughs> dirty mess, now, ladies and gentlemen? There was a Fan Gore interview where George P. Wilbur <laughs> said this, and I quote: "I get to be a papa this time, although I do have to." Uh, I do have my mask on during the love scene. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, literally there was there was not going to be. I don't think they actually were going to film an actual scene uh, of that. Um, there was actually going to be a scene we'll talk about right after this that was going to be filmed. Um, the actors are all of consenting adult age, um, but just the imagery. And knowing what that's supposed to represent would probably just make me puke. <laughs> but what was he thinking? I mean, 
that was that was in an interview in Fangoria before the film came out, and he gave away such a huge spoiler. Oh, you're worried about the spoiler. <laughs> I wonder. So we talked about the test screening, the fact that Miramax used the test screening as an excuse to claw back the movie and take it into their own hands and go away their, uh, go away and make their own edit of it. And that included four days of reshoots mm -hmm. um, in July of 95, which is kind of uh, just a few months before the movie comes out. And within the four days of reshoots, they shoot the likes of uh, Jamie's death. They shoot the likes of um, John Strode's death, that ridiculous, inexplicable head explosion. Um, but also what they do is they don't bring back the cards. They don't bring back the cinematographer. And they don't bring back George Wilbur. Mm -hmm. He's replaced by Michael Lerner. Mm -hmm. um, and seemingly because um, Joe Chappelle was unhappy with the his performance as a shape. Now, I don't know whether that comment that he made to Fangoria might have had something to do with that. The guy gave away the major plot point of the film. It was just... <laughs> such a sin i mean nowadays god knows what would have happened nowadays if he'd have done that i guess it, I mean, fangoria as we've said before we're we're all about revealing spoilers and in halloween yeah. five as i said to you before they gave away the fact that loomis died and michael cried they were, um, Fang fangoria was big over there uh, across the pond in the uk they had um, their own publication. I, the, there was a kind of a little uh, store in in the in the city where i lived uh, that that had all the American magazines, and you would pay a kind of premium to get them. Yeah. So I would kind of go there every. Fangoria came out what once a month or something. I'd go there every month. I'd probably get it maybe the month after you guys had it or something. But I collected them all as a kid, and I specifically remember that headline of Michael dies, Loomis cries, and that was our no, go to. We're, Michael we're, we're, cries, Loomis dies, not Loomis crying. Michael cries. Loomis dies. That either it. way, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, they that was, the hell out of it. But that was our go-to news back then, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. To go when you read, you look at the awesome cover and you see the little box uh, storyboard artwork on the side, you know, showing the secondary stories. And you open it up, you look at the pictures. It was uncensored, and that's how you got your news about the movies coming out, either to direct a video or coming out in the theater. Yeah, and Vangoria was was. A big publication for horror movies. Mm -hmm. That's they knew that was great advertising, and they knew that about a million people were going to read what George uh, stated. And also, you got a fold out of um, Linear Quigley in there every couple of months. Mm. <laughs> mm. I remember I got the one with uh, hookers with chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, like that. stood there with the chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and my mom going, "Who's that?" Never oh, mind, Linear Quigley. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> Never heard of her. She's on the cover of Fangoria. Damn it. Yeah. Um, she speaks highly of you, Mum. <laughs> I think I would like to go to the way of, of Wynn being the father. Hmm. Maybe that made sense. Actually, Wynn was actually... Daniel put him in there because it said, well, it kind of makes sense. Throw him in there. You, wanted to, you want me to fix this. You want to fix the bullshit that was in Halloween 5. Make him win. Make mm. him this guy, you know, make Mitch Ryan, you know, the guy in black, you know, the man in black and make him the father, you know, and everyone's like, no, we want to get it disgusting and, you know, get <laughs> pedophilia. I, I, and, I, I, well, I, is it pedophilia though? 
for me it's it is not, right whatever it is but i'm not sure if it's legally pedophilia no matter um, which way you put it yeah related it not related old right. young none of it's right <laughs> um it's right yeah, it's it's an odd one. And I was it supposed I don't know. Was it kind of like a turkey basting incident or something like that? I don't, I don't know. No, I've no idea either. And they don't explain this. Um <laughs> win. Win. Either, just any like of them. Win. The whole situation is just fucking wrong. <laughs> it's it's awful. They were focused on it. You know, mm. and you know, and then Win was supposed to have some kind of spiritual telepathy with Michael telling Dr. Loomis, I can make him do whatever he wants. Sit down. Stand up. Look, I cut my hand. I can destroy him. The power, Sam. The power. <laughs> and I'm just like, I thought Michael was a madman. But you... <laughs> 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 Poor Donald. Yeah, no, but yeah. it, these are just, ladies and gentlemen, these are just some of the things in this book that these people mm-hmm. are talking about. But let's talk about something that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is that Joe Chappelle doesn't go to conventions and doesn't talk about this movie. Yeah, he's somebody that they've never been able to kind of peg down to talk about this. I don't know whether his time um, on the movie was that traumatic as a director. I don't know. Um, but he doesn't just doesn't say a word about it, does he? No. No, I think he's had such a hard time. He... You know, the Daniel, This he was a young guy. I think he was tw- in his early, mid-20s, mid yeah, to late 20s, yeah. maybe 23 or something like that. And he just got in. He's getting into Hollywood. This is any person, any screenwriter, if you're going to, you know, Miramax or, you know, the Weinsteins or even, you know, even if it went to New Line Cinema, you hit it big. Yeah. You hit yeah. it big. And this was going to, and he was so happy um, that they were going to listen to him and he was going to correct the wrongs. And he was trying to put the Halloween back on track like the first one or even the second one. And apparently, according to what everybody says, whoever wrote part four listened and watched the movies prior. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like three writers and they all just, you know, picked away at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it but it just, who do we blame here? And Daniel said, you know, I got into the, I got in, this movie was my first movie that got me into what is now a 20 year career. Yeah. Paying my bills. Well, he's done, he, when you look at what he's done, he's done some good stuff. I mean, he did the kind of, um, Camp Crystal Lake documentaries, the Never Sleep Again documentary. Um, I wonder if he'd ever do one on Halloween at all. That would be something. I think he would. I think he would. I think it would have to, it would have to be probably like at the 50th or something like that. Hmm. Something where it just wipes the slate clean for everybody. Um, but who do we blame? Do we blame Joe? Do we blame the Weinsteins? Because Joe actually apologized to Daniel and said, it's not my fault and please don't hate me. Mm. I, I have to tear apart your script. Not because I want to, it's because I have to. Do you think Harvey and Bob have had their claws? Oh, I'm well, sure. No pun I'm intended. Because sure. uh, they have their hands in everything. A similar thing happened on um, the Hellraiser franchise as well, which um, the Weinsteins took over. Yeah, the Weinsteins had the the Hellraiser franchise around that time as well and were busy interfering in all of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I think it's just kind of a perfect storm of 
of of overexcitable execs not wanting to 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 mess up this franchise that was already messed up, but what they'd obviously kind of paid a lot of money for at that time. So they mm-hmm. were desperately trying to make it work. But as always in this situation, it's too many cooks, you know. So it was it was a shame that it went the way it did. I mean, I would have never have gone the route that they went at all. I would no. have kind of done away with what happened in Halloween five and just kind of tried to pick the bones out of it and carry it on as a more kind of linear entry rather than overcomplicating the situation. I mean, he did right by the man in black, I think. I think he he tried to do it where it was kind of believable. I would have made it some kind of bounty hunter for the cult, if you want to. The cult, it's like where our, our buddy Dave McRae says when they were talking about, um, uh, what is it, the, the rise... Was it the Rise of Skywalker, the Last Jedi? Whatever. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I could care less. The middle Where, one was the Last Je- the Last Jedi, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rain Johnson, uh, the Real, director. Ryan, yeah. Whatever. Ryan whatever. Jedi. Who cares? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know the difference between a Skywalker and a Han Solo. I don't give a shit. J.J. Um, Abrams had to come in and fix it, and he had to deal with what he had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it just goes to show that, you know, he did a good job. I think after reading this book and what he went through, I actually look up to him now. It has its fans, doesn't it? It has a lot of fans, and and it does. I mean, when we did our episode last year on it, it there are a lot of positives to take from it. There mm-hmm. are some really kind of um, creepy moments in the film. It is, I think, possibly the darkest entry in the uh, in the in the franchise more so than any of the rob zombie stuff because i those don't really whenever i think of the halloween franchise they kind of sit at the side as some sort of satellite <laughs> entries in the franchise don't i don't never count i never think of them as part of this you know of, of all these different timelines and i do think it's just because of the subject matter in here you're dealing with all that black magic and everything and this thorn cult and the 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 baby and all that kind of thing. I just think, boogeyman. yeah, and, and the boogeyman. Um, it's just a really dark entry in the series, um, but it does have its moments. There are a lot of moments in it, and obviously with having Pleasance in there as well, in the producer's cut, because somebody clearly didn't like him with regards to the theatrical cut, because he was in the movie for seven minutes in total <sighs> for the theatrical cut, barely in it at all. Um, whereas in the producer's cut, we know he's in it for a lot longer. So it was, it was fucking horrible. With that. that was pissing on his grave, wasn't it? The guy wasn't even <laughs> cold yet. And you take him out. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing we're going to go see. And then they explained in the in the producer's cut that, you know, he's got skin graphing. The technology is a lot better that he won't scare kids and everything. Yeah, yeah. It made sense. The, yeah. This way he didn't have to go through all that prosthetic and everything. And he was so happy to come back. Mm-hmm. And do Halloween six because he wanted to fix Halloween five because he was just pissed off about it. Yeah, it was just yeah. nuts. I still like to see him, uh, you know, chained to a leash and in a straitjacket going. Do <laughs> 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 you think he was a bit like Migs in Silence of the Lambs? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's lost by a bleeding. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great to see Loomis right next to Hannibal Lecter, two doctors arguing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that calls for another uh, Silence of the Ho- Silence of the Halloween episode. <laughs>
you know, but this is this is one I like this entry. It's I like this more than five, certainly more than resurrection. Mm. Um, you know, and I think George did a good job and you know, it's it's it is what it is. We can't correct it. We can't yeah. correct it. We can only give you some tidbits of what was happening behind the scenes and uh whether or not this movie would have been better without those deleted moments. Um or <laughs> the added shit we got in. Um <laughs> But you know that's it. Um, yeah, the, I want, we want to know if, what you guys like. Do you guys like Halloween Six? Do you like the theatrical cut? Are you a producer fan? Um, let us know in the comments. Uh, Darren, we're still continuing, aren't we? I think we got H two O coming up. We have. We've got H two O coming up. We've got Resurrection coming up. Those are going to be fun. Um, and this should take us roundabout to the time when I need to renew my Peacock subscription. You're going to do that again, aren't you? You're not going to go to the fucking theater. You're going to go and sit down, you know, in your, in your, in your hush puppies and in your, your, your pink robe, <laughs> sipping on a, a Chardonnay and just watch this fucking movie instead of giving a movie I, back to the theater. You, you, you bastard who knows and supports studios and all the hard work they do. You're going to sit there in the luxury eating spotted dick. I am going to watch this movie in the theater to begin with. I, I don't believe also, you. I am because I know I'm going to be invited to an advanced screening of it. So there we go. Um, and I will I will also um, watch it on Peacock as well. Most people will. Most people will. Mm. I'm not going to be watching it on Peacock. I'm going to be watching it on somebody, something else. I thought you were going to say on somebody else. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> depends depends how bored i am <laughs> well on that note uh ladies and gentlemen as i go watch something on somebody uh, darren goes uh pick out his uh, loungewear for uh the peacock uh viewing as always stick to the roads and the best of luck we'll see you next time for h2o bye bye